morning, church. Uh, so great to see you. Welcome to Canyon Hills, those of you who can be here in person and those of you that are watching online. So delighted to have each one of you here. Man, I feel like we've already had the message in that last song. Amen? Yeah, let's just thank the worship team for that. Awesome. Awesome. But I'm not going to let you off. I'm going to preach, okay? Today we're finishing our series in the book of James, and it's been a great, great series as God has been speaking to our hearts and lives about stirring up our faith to a place where we really step out and live our faith so that our world will really see our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what James is all about. And so it's one thing you see to believe something. It's another thing to step out in faith and really live out what we believe. So today, we're going to look at one more thing that God wants all of us, his followers, to live out. And literally today, something he wants us to control. We're going to look at something else so our world will see that our lives really have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ, that we not only believe in God, but that we also follow him and allow him to make changes in us so that we look and live more like him. So today, we're going to look at what God says. Are you ready? What God says about, are you sure you're ready? About patience. <laughs> about patience. We're going to talk about that this morning. So the first question is this, do you ever struggle with patience? Do you ever struggle to be a patient person? Because I don't know about you, sometimes it is so tough to be patient. And all of God's people said, <laughs> amen. Sometimes you're there in the grocery store, you're in the checkout line, you've got a gallon of Tillamook ice cream, my favorite, and it's melting in your hands, and the lady in front of you has a whole purse full of coupons. Amen? Patience. You're at the ATM. All you need is $40 fast cash, and you get there, and the guy in front of you doing a whole month's banking right there in front of you. You go to the freeway. You need to merge. You look. You're careful. You signal. You signal. You know the guy behind you sees you, but when he sees your signal, he speeds up. Doesn't let you merge. Am I the only one that gets ticked about that? At bedtime, I mean, you're barely conscious, barely conscious. You stumble into your kids' bedrooms, you put them to bed, you pray with them, you head to your bed, and you collapse. You are out. But in the minds of your kids, it is not bedtime. It is gopher time. Go for one more drink. Go for one more story. Go for one more bathroom stop. Whatever it is, go for a pillow fight, and all you want to do is go to sleep. Amen, parents? That's what it's like. You know, uh, I'm going to be really honest this morning. Sometimes it's so tough to be patient. And one way, I think, the best way to probably take your, to test your patience is to take your family on a camping trip. You ever been there? Take them on a camping trip. Take them on a, a boating trip. And uh, I shared this story one time before, but it makes my point, so I'm going to tell it again. It's about a moment, honestly, I'm going to be really honest, when I totally, completely, Pastor Larry lost his patience. Out of my mind, lost my patience. We had been boating all morning on this lake, Lake Trinity in Northern California, and our kids had been, one of those mornings, when they'd been picking, up the, picking at each other all morning long. They just couldn't get along in the boat. So I turn the boat around, I head back towards camp, and suddenly this big storm hits the lake. And I mean waves and white caps, super high. The lake became incredibly dangerous. And I thought, how in the world, in this kind of wind, am I going to get this boat anchored safely? How am I going to keep my, my family safe? 
And so we got near the anchor spot, and I began giving my kids duties and things I needed them to do. But no matter what I wanted them to do, no matter what I asked them to do, they didn't want to do it or they didn't do it right. And suddenly we found ourselves in trouble. And underneath the water at this lake, there's tons of stumps, there's tons of of rocks that you can hit. And we found ourselves in trouble. And I still don't think I was yelling, (laughs) but my family still tells me I was yelling. I think I was just speaking firmly, but the truth is I lost my patience. And about the time the boat was anchored, I was mad. I told him, get out of the boat, go to the car, just get out. As my son got out of the boat, I told him to check how deep the water was. And he said, it's waist waist deep, dad. That's deep enough to protect the prop from the bottom. And I said, okay, get to the van. So he slid off the left side. It was deep enough. That was perfect. My family headed to the car. I stomped around for a while and tried to finish up some things in the boat. And then I stepped out on the swim step and I pulled my t-shirt up around my shoulders so it wouldn't get wet. I put on my cap. I put on my sunglasses. I picked up the fresh bag of ice that we just picked up at the marina and I slid off the right side of the swim step. And I went completely under, folks. And I don't know if God created some hole to cool this mad pastor off, this mad dad off. I don't know. But I went completely under. Hat was floating. (laughs) How am I going to keep hold of this ice? And I walked up out of the water, water streaming down my glasses. And you think I was mad before? (laughs) I still don't know if the Lord created that hole or what. But when I came up walking out of that water, I was mad. When I got to the car, I mean, things were just deadly quiet. Nobody said a word, and I found out later that as funny as it was to watch Dad go into the water, Shirley had told our kids, don't you dare say a thing when Dad gets here. (laughs) I lost it, and I was wrong, and I knew I was wrong, and I asked for their forgiveness, but sometimes it's so tough to be patient, amen? Oh, come on. Am I the only one that loses my patience? Sometimes it's so tough, and it's especially tough when you've been wronged by someone. I mean, you want to make things right. You want justice at that moment when you've been hurt. And I mean, to wait on God, as the scripture says, to bring justice to those who've wronged you, that's even more tough. But I'm telling you today that God is calling you and me, everyone who follows him, to be patient, to be patient. Let's read about it. Take a look at this. James says it this way. And I love James. He's so simple. He starts out, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains? You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The bottom line is this as we begin this morning. You are to be patient with God, with others, and all who cause you to suffer. Patient with God, each other, and all who cause you to suffer. So the question is, do you have it? Do you have patience? 
If not, I want to encourage you this morning to get it. And here's how. When you trust that the Lord will come and bring justice to those who've hurt you, you can be patient. So listen close now. The story of Christ coming again is not a Disney tale. It's a truth. God's word, the Bible, is absolute truth. And God says Christ is coming again. But some wonder, well, okay, but why hasn't he come yet? I mean, our world is really messed up. Things are bad here. So many things are messed up in our world. People are messed up. And now they're asking us as Christians, as followers of Christ, to tolerate, to tolerate all kinds of things that go against God's word, like removing the Ten Commandments from the courthouses, like removing the words under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Now we're being asked to tolerate the changing of the definition of marriage from one man to one woman. We're being asked to tolerate the teaching in schools that sex before marriage is just okay, just be safe. We're asked to, be, to tolerate the aborting of unborn children. I mean, things are bad. Things are messed up in our culture. So why has Jesus Christ not yet come back? The truth is this, the Lord will come. But in the meantime, he's calling us to be patient. For he will come at the right time. He'll not be early. He will not be late. Jesus Christ will come back at just the right time in his wisdom. Take a look at this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. You see, the Lord is like a patient farmer, the Bible says. James says that the farmer waits until the crop is ready for harvest. The patient farmer is a picture of God waiting for everyone that he's created to hopefully come to repentance, to invite him in to their lives. He's not slow. He is patient. But listen close now. He will not wait forever. He will not wait forever. At just the right time, he will come without warning. Now, the Bible clearly tells us about the events that have to take place before Jesus Christ returns again. And because so many of those events are taking place right now, we know that his coming is getting closer and closer. The Bible says this, as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Folks, lightning comes without warning, and so will Jesus. The Bible also says this, no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in the heaven, nor even the Son, not even Jesus Christ, but only the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, will come without warning at the word of God the Father. The Bible says this, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So listen, when you trust that the Lord will come at the right time to bring justice and he'll come without warning to make things right in our messed up world, you can be patient when you know he's going to come and make things right. Next, when you trust that the Lord will judge, you can be patient. Now, the first time that Jesus came, he came to die for the sins of the world. The next time Jesus comes, he's coming to judge the world. He's coming to judge, to judge all who have wronged others. And one of the things that he's going to judge, are you ready for this? 
is grumbling. Oh, man. Have you ever grumbled? (laughs) Are you a grumbler? He's going to judge grumbling. He's going to judge people who call themselves Christians and yet grumble against other Christians. James says it this way. Don't grumble against each other, brothers. Or look, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Jesus, the judge, is at the door. The judge is not Judge Judy. The judge is Jesus Christ. The Lord is the judge. And Judge Jesus is ready to leave his private chambers and come into this world. And this world is the courtroom of Judge Jesus. And he's standing at the door of this world right now. He's ready at any moment to step into his courtroom. And at the word of the Father, he will come and he will judge. The Bible says this, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. The Bible goes on and says, Jesus will judge the living and the dead. He's going to come. He's going to judge nations. He's going to judge churches. He's going to judge you. He's going to judge me. And then he goes on and he says, the Lord will judge grumblers. Wow. He'll judge those who are not patient with their Christian brothers and sisters. He will judge those who are grumbling against and judging their co-workers, their Christian brothers and sisters, their pastors. You ever grumble? Oh, that Pastor Larry. I mean, he's, you know, Pastor Carlos, Matt. Oh, man, I wish we with it. Have you ever grumbled? Have you ever grumbled against someone in the church? Have you ever taken upon yourself to become the judge and you pass judgment on others and then grumble to them about others, to to others? Folks, there's a judgment coming from Jesus upon grumblers. You see, it's not your job, it's not my job to judge, to grumble or to seek justice. We're to let Jesus judge. We're to let Jesus bring justice to those who have hurt us. We're to let Jesus bring justice to those who have grumbled against us. And the Bible promises that Jesus will do just that. So you can be patient when you're wronged because Jesus will bring wrongdoers to justice. That's why Paul asked this question. Look at this on the screen. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So God is saying, be patient. Even in the face of suffering, maybe some hurts or some losses or some wrong accusations. Suffer with Jesus during your short time here on earth, knowing that your reward will come. You know, Moses did more miracles than any other man of God other than Jesus. More miracles. And yet he had his grumblers. (laughs) He did miracle after miracle, and yet people just didn't think Moses was doing enough. But he patiently suffered despite their grumbling against him. Then there's Isaiah. Isaiah faithfully proclaimed the word of God, even though many grumbled against him, and yet he patiently suffered even to the point of being sawn in half for his faith. When you trust the Lord will come, you can be patient. 
When you trust that the Lord will come and judge those who've done wrong against you, you can be patient with others. When you trust that the Lord will reward you, you can be patient. And when you are patient, listen, folks, you will be rewarded by God. You will be. The Bible says this, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and look at this, and then he will reward each person according to what he's done. In other words, God sees you at all times, and he sees that when you are patient with others, your patience will not go unnoticed. He sees it. You know, one man who was patient was the guy named Job. And many of you know his story, but in one day, he lost most everything. In one day, he lost his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his camels, his servants, and 10 of his children, and his house was blown down. In one day, he lost most everything. Now, Job could have grumbled against God. He could have grumbled against others, but he didn't. He patiently suffered. And for that, God rewarded him. God had compassion upon Job. God blessed him. In fact, the Bible tells us that God gave Job twice as much as he ever had before. God gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters in place of the 10 he had lost. God allowed Job to live another 140 years and see his kids and four generations of his grandkids. God rewarded him. And if God rewarded Job that much, just a man here on earth during his time on earth, just think how much God is going to reward you and me when we follow his word and when we are patient with those who hurt us. James says it this way. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The bottom line is this, whether you've been hurt by someone or whether you've experienced a loss, your patience in the face of suffering will be rewarded by your God. And all of God's people said, amen. You will be rewarded. He sees you and he will bless you for your patience. Folks, the Lord is coming. The Lord will be judging but the Lord will also be rewarding. So be patient with God. Be patient with each other and all who cause you to suffer. The last question is this, patience. Do you have it? It's a good question this morning, huh? Do you have it? If not, you can get it. You can get patience from God. You can have it. You can get it by asking God for it and you can trust God during your hard times that he will give it to you. This morning, if you lack patience, I wanna invite you to simply pray with me, a prayer to ask God for patience. And I know in, in churches and in Christian circles, we've always said, oh man, don't pray for patience. <laughs> or your life's gonna fall apart. God's gonna give you some tests. No, ask for patience. God will bless you with patience. He will help you. Would you bow your heads with me? And if you lack patience, be honest this morning. If you lack it, pray with me. Prayer goes like this. Lord, I confess that I'm not very patient. 
Lord, forgive me for my lack of patience. Lord, help me to become patient with you, with others, and all who cause me to suffer. Father, we thank you for your great love and care and grace and compassion that you have upon us. Lord, you see when we suffer, you see when we struggle, and that, and even though you are right there, sometimes we think that you might be way too slow in responding, but God, you know just the right time, you know just the right things to do, the right things to bring us to repentance, the right things to bring us to greater maturity, to make us more like you. So Lord, help us just to trust you in those times. Help us to follow you and your word. Help us to become patient like you are patient with us. Help us to become patient with others like you've been patient with us. We ask in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen.